Hey everyone, this is Jocelyn and welcome to this edition of The Leap. Today, uh, my guest on my show is Jane Sanders and Jane is the founder of Purpose Whisperer. And Jane and I met, uh, gosh, just over a year ago through a networking group and she was talking a little bit about our business in that first, in that first session. I thought, oh my gosh, this is really interesting. And I've gone on to learn a little bit more about it myself, so I thought this would be a great opportunity to share with my audience a little bit about what Jane is up to. So Jane, first and foremost, thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure, Jocelyn. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. I love to share stuff about this work. Yeah. So kicking right off, what is Purpose Whisperer? What do you, what, what's your business and what do you do? So I'm really a purpose thought leader. So I'm all about helping people identify and live in alignment with their innate purpose. And I headed down that way because I spent decades trying to find my own purpose. I'm corporate, you know, past corporate, MBA, three careers prior to this, successful, but every one, darn it, I would just hit this wall of boredom, you know, just no meaning, knew there was something else. I just felt off track and was trying to figure it out. You know, I worked with a career coach and read all the books and filled out all the forms and all the assessments, but nothing seemed to help me. I don't know, maybe I'm dense. Um, and uh, I don't think you're alone. I can tell yeah. you. Oh, I'm no, I'm not. not. No. Yeah. And I'm totally, oh. neither of us are alone in that factor. Well, most people sadly are not on purpose, more than half the world. So um, my last career, I was a professional speaker calling on or, you know, working with the Fortune 500. And I loved that a lot longer. But still, after, I don't know, 14 or 15 years hit that wall again of knowing I was supposed to be doing something else, but I just could not figure it out. And as my heart pulled away from the business, so did the revenue. But I didn't want to invest in it because I didn't want to do it anymore. But I didn't know what else to do. So I was just in this like downward spiral and got one of those cosmic tube fours, you know, proverbial wake up call. And both of my parents died about three months apart. And it just really, you know, like that V8 slap to the forehead. Hey, I need to quit farting around and figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. So I started Googling, how do I find my life purpose? And went down a couple of avenues that were not correct and then eventually ran across a headline for a teleseminar and it said discover your innate life purpose I was like oh my god and I clicked on it and the first words I saw were hand analysis I was so disappointed I thought palm reading is not going to do what I need it to do for all the wonderful palm readers that are out there that is not going to do this and then I saw the word scientific. So that one word helped me kind of put aside my anal MBA skepticism. So I listened to the teleseminar and it made a lot of sense and I really wanted my purpose. So I got a hand analysis, a scientific hand analysis done and it changed my life. I mean, it answered questions I didn't even know I had. It was like, oh, no wonder that worked, but that didn't. And no wonder I liked that, but I didn't like that. And oh, here's what's underneath all these patterns that have been in my life. And I did not know immediately that I wanted to do this work, but I knew if I took action 
on the actionable elements in a scientific hand analysis, we call them the student paths, that I would find my way. And that's exactly what happened. Got led to the right people, started getting more clarity, doors started opening. And within a few months, I was like, oh my God, if I was so lit up and inspired after just the hand analysis, I, I want to help people feel like that. So I studied it for five straight years. I'm a level four, which means it's the highest certification. I teach it now. I'm a master scientific hand analyst because of the sheer number that I've performed. And I'm certified in three different coaching certifications. I'm a purpose coach, a law of attraction coach, and a spiritual life coach. So I am on purpose and there's nothing that feels like that. So let's start with what exactly hand analysis is and how that differentiates to palmistry. Yeah, good question, Jocelyn. So it is scientific. The lines in your hands actually mimic the neural pathways in your brain. Um, the gentleman that created this system spent over 40 years and analyzed over 30,000 hands. That's more subjects than any FDA-approved drug out there. So the database is extraordinarily robust, very comprehensive, and very reliable. Um, a neurosurgeon at Stanford wrote the foreword to Richard Unger's book, and Richard Unger is the founder of Scientific Hand Analysis, because that neurosurgeon was using this work with his patients. There are no predictions with this work, like with palm reading. It's very dependent on the intuitive level of the reader. Um, anybody can learn scientific hand analysis. It has, like I mentioned, no predictions, no, in quotes, fortune telling. Other than there is one prediction I always make, and that is I don't care how good your life is now. If you take action on what's in your hands, it will only get better. Why is that? because it moves you off the student paths to the master paths. The, the, the hand analysis, it's, it's very comprehensive. It's like your blueprint to your best life. So you follow that design that's been put in your hands for you um, by your soul, by spirit, by God, however you want to term that. You follow that and it is the way to the most joyful, most fulfilling, most successful on your terms life. And what are student paths versus master paths? Can you clarify what those are? Yeah, good question. Another good one. Um, every marking in the hands has both a master path and a student path. The master path is where you want to be. You know, it's kind of going with the flow. It feels good. And the more master paths you're on, the easier it is to live in alignment with your innate purpose. And that's how we get that joy and fulfillment and meaning. Student paths don't feel so good. I call them all the yuckies in life. There's little yuckies and big yuckies. Feeling bored, stuck, overwhelmed, confused, frustrated, um, fearful, sad, angry, procrastinating, money stuff, career confusion, relationship challenges, all those show up as student paths. And the more of student paths you're on, as you can imagine, the more challenging it is 
to live in alignment with purpose. And the kicker is, Jocelyn, that nobody can be on the master path of any marking 100% of the time. Kind of a bummer, but we're humans, right? We're works in progress. How do you, so how do you go from a student path, path to a master path? How does that operate? Well, you know what your master paths look like. You know what your student paths feel like and look like. So you're trying to move from one, from the student to the master. And you will. Everybody goes back and forth. But the idea is to be on the master end more often, um, as often as you can be. And it's often doing the opposite of whatever the student path looks like. So when somebody receives a hand analysis, they know what the master path looks like. They know what to strive for. And they learn what the student paths look like or feel like. So they're hopefully trying to move off of those by either stopping what they're doing when they see them, uh, doing the opposite, reframing their mindset, things like that. What other actions can be taken to move from a student path to a master path? Maybe Every marking is different. Yeah, so it just depends on what the student path is. So... Um, if it, for example, involves fear of rejection, that involves a mindset shift of really believing that on the rare, if any, occasion, you or your work are rejected, just not your tribe. And to know that fear is a physical response that our body has learned to offer us. Um, and in the past, it kept us alive. It's, it's for survival. But we don't have to worry about saber-toothed tigers anymore. So now, if somebody rejects a piece of art that we do or something we write or the type of work we do, it's not going to kill us. That's what we have to remember because our body thinks it is, right? So it gets this awful reaction. So it's just really knowing, okay, thank you, body, for trying to protect me. I hear you. I appreciate it. I'm moving on, baby. Is it, is it more of a habitual response or something that you train yourself to do in a, in a mindset manner? You have to train yourself. Okay. And what are some ways to do that? Um, on this one, particularly just what I was saying, recognize when fear of rejection is holding you back. Mm -hmm. um, and it can look lots of different ways. You know, it can look like, uh, for example, if it's around creativity, not knowing how you're creative. Because if you don't own it, obviously you're not going to be doing it. And if you're not doing it, it can't get rejected. Ooh, that's so clever. Um, creativity blockage, self criticism is a big one. Mm -hmm. You know, comparing yourself or your work to others and thinking yours is lacking, which is baloney. It's not lacking. It's just different. Um, fear of rejection can look like perfectionism, which there is no such thing. But see how it works. If we keep working on something, waiting for it to get perfect, we're not putting it out there so it can't get rejected. Yeah. Right? It's easy to so stay small. It's very easy to stay small and, and out of the spotlight. And so when somebody wants to make a bigger difference or they know they're meant to be out there bigger and they're not, look for fear of rejection. Yeah. 
Look at the decisions that you're making that help keep you safe. Yeah. And I'm going to put myself out there um, because one of the things that say, I'd work on for myself is the vulnerability and looking back towards that. I think I got away from it for a while. Um, that is a big fear of mine. Uh, we know for the audience to know, I actually work with Jane and I had my hand analysis done and that was, is one of mine. My biggest one, in fact, is fear of rejection. And part of the reason that we're even having this conversation today is that I had been sitting for some time, say I was going to start to record again. And I've been saying it for four or five months and had that conversation of why, why am I not? And I had stories. It all came down to being feared, fearful that the content I was putting out was not going to be accepted. And yet I neglected to remember how good it feels to be at the mic again and to be recording again because it does feel good. And so I share this with the audience because it's my own story. I'm not going to put anyone else out there. I'll put myself out there. Um, I've been feeling a tremendous amount of rejection in a lot of ways. And um, I was forgetting joy. I tell you, I have goosebumps, Jocelyn, because that, you know, you, everybody's stories, that's how we help people. And your vulnerability, that's the content that's going to change people's lives. So thank you. That's inspiring to me. And I just really appreciate your authenticity about that. And good for you for getting back behind the mic. Yay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm still working through it. This is not a uh, one and done. Um, no, it never goes away. Remember, yeah. students are never off of them 100%. Yeah. And when I'm in, <clears throat> in the flow, this is, again, my own story, um, being back, I've been back at the mic maybe a week now and I've recorded almost every day and it feels really good to it feels it feels fulfilling um, to be here and yet I hit a big stumbling block yesterday afternoon and threw me on the student path where I've been for since that since that occurrence yesterday afternoon and I started to think how do I move myself through that. And what I started to do was actually put myself out there more. Um, and some invitations, and you're going to celebrate this, but um, I've also received some more rejection, which doesn't feel good, yet I also know that those were not the paths meant for me. And so I, I, I'm sharing all of this because it's really what's current status for me. Um, it's very current status for me. Um, but I want to, I want to circle back to your the business and what was it for you that clicked that said, this is, this is finally the space where I feel most fulfilled. The hand analysis work and the coaching fulfills the core of my purpose 
and my gifts. There are things in the hands called gift markings, and they're very important for several reasons. And as I looked back at my other careers, I could see why I would hit a wall and why I was not happy in those because they were not fulfilling. They were not using a lot of my gifts. It just all made so much sense. And then with the speaking, and I was facilitating and training and coaching in the corporate world as well. I liked that career better and it lasted longer. And I found out later it's because it fulfilled more of my gifts, but still not enough. And that's why I eventually hit a wall with that too. How do you help people get there? Get onto their purpose yeah. um, through the hand analysis and then coaching. Most people need coaching. I did. I mean, I, I, you know, I was, I was so on fire after I got my hand analysis and my life started getting better immediately because I was taking action on my student paths, but I still, you know, it's like, Oh, we're too close to it. Once I figured it out, it was so obvious, you know, it was like, Oh my God, I love this stuff. Of course, this is what I want to do. But I was very um, on the student path about the coaching because I kept telling myself, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And my teachers and coaches kept saying, no, that's what you're, you're going to love it. That's, and you're already good at it. So you just need, this is where you need to go. And I finally just said, okay, I'll try it. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, it's so right in alignment for me. It's so fulfilling. It's amazing. And when, when you were receiving this sort of direction from your coaches, and you were also stating, kind of saying, I don't know if this is right for me. Um, what compelled you to keep going forward anyway? I just had to get out of my own way, and I knew it. Yeah. I really had to let go and trust. Um, and I really did trust this work. And I trusted my teachers. Um, and, you know, I could see it. I didn't just change direction because of only because of them. Eventually, and by eventually, I just mean a couple months, I could see it. I knew it was the right thing to do. And here's the thing too about purpose work. It's dynamic, it evolves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I started as a hand analyst, scientific hand analyst. I wanted, that word is very important because there are many palm readers who identify themselves as hand analysts. Um, and I just wanna clarify, nothing's wrong with either of them, but scientific hand analysis is what we're talking about here. Um, and then I'm like, oh, I, I do need to go deeper with people. I need to coach. Um, because as you know, the information received with the scientific hand analysis is quite comprehensive and very deep. And some people need help in implementing it. Mm -hmm. Depends on where you are. If some people have some ideas on what they want to do, I can tell them with a hand analysis whether or not it's in alignment. But if they don't know and they're stuck like I was and lost and confused, then they need coaching. So the first coaching, and actually it was part of the program I was in to learn hand analysis. My first coaching that I learned was purpose coaching, how to identify their purpose through the hand analysis and then guide people there. And then I wanted to add in law of attraction because I love it. I think it's so powerful. I wanted to learn more about it. So that felt very natural. 
So I added that certification. And then I thought, well, I, I really want to, I'm more of a life coach than I am a business coach. I do a tiny little bit of business coaching just because this is my second successful business. Um, I did a little bit of executive coaching and leadership coaching in the corporate world, but I know I didn't want to hang my hat on those. So I got a spiritual life coaching certification as well. Interestingly, as I was getting that certification, I realized I'd already been doing that kind of coaching. So it just kind of, hung a shingle out over what I had already been doing. What so, is what is spiritual okay? It's it's not to do with religion or anything like that. It just focuses on awareness and abundance and the importance of self love um, and growth and development. How do people do that? And how do you uh, how do you guide people through that? It depends on the person. Depends on what their goals are. And that's another thing I love about coaching. Every client is different. Every need is different. I use some of the same tools, of course. So it just really depends on the person. Um, I give them law of attraction rituals and techniques that are extraordinarily powerful if they use them with feeling instead of just like, okay, I have this homework to do. Um, so it just really varies. You know, I have uh, introspective questions that I send to people to have them really dig into things. Um, it can be journaling. It can, things just pop out in discussions. I am intuitive and something, sometimes things just channel through. Um, it just depends on the client. Do you find, I, I, speaking with other coaches and, and for myself as well, do you find that what shows up with your clients is also for you too? Always. Yeah. Always. And sometimes not the major things that are on the table, mm -hmm. but other things. That's another thing I love about it. I'm constantly growing and expanding and transforming. Otherwise, I'd be bored. Yeah. Right? So we never, ever, hopefully, will end, be finished learning and growing. And I'm, there's a mark in the hands called a lifelong learner or a perpetual student, and I've got it. <laughs> so. I think I do, too. In fact, I think, if I recall, you and I, our um, analysis is quite similar. I think, I think we both have the same, we're both in the same school. Um, okay. Yep, I'm in two schools, so. Yeah. Um, I think you and I were in the same school. Yeah. Two, same two schools. Of course, they iterate differently. Um, yeah, well, it doesn't surprise me at all because of law of attraction, right? True. And so another aspect of it is that the I mentioned gift markings before. They're actually pretty rare. You know, more than half the world doesn't have a gift marking. Doesn't mean some of them aren't amazing people making a big difference. But if you have a gift marking, it's pretty cool. And if you have more than one, it's even more important. Well, I have gift markings, so... I attract people with gift markings too. And gift markings um, surmise or you know, make up some of the pieces of an expanded life purpose statement. And there's only so many gift markings. There's 18 gift markings. So you know, when people have multiple gift markings, there's going to be some overlap there as well. So sure, I attract people that have some of what I do. How, Which is why 
I can help them and why I learn too. How prevalent is this type of practice? Because aside from you, I, I don't know that I've ever heard of it. And I mean, and I've run into a number of people who are connected to you just through my own circles and people who have either worked with you or have come across your work. How prevalent is this and how well known is this science? Well, most people haven't heard of it, the vast majority of the world. Um, people have heard of me because I do network a lot, and Forbes wrote an article about my work, and that article had long legs and still has legs, and I didn't submit it. They came to me. So, um, you know, That's in the reporter. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and it was even before I was studied it. Um, but I've always kind of had that mindset anyway. But um, yeah, the reporter experienced it and just wanted to put it out there. So, and then I was also on an ABC television show a few weeks ago. Actually, I guess about a month ago. Um, so there are actually in the Denver area probably a half a dozen okay. scientific more than I thought. Actually. Yeah. Well, they just, they, you know, I'm not keeping this a secret, man. I am screaming it from the rooftops because it's so powerful. And if you choose to let it life changing. Um, so yeah, most people haven't heard about it. You're not the only one. So what's and your worldwide, I don't know how many there are. I don't know. What's your mission? What are you hoping to impact for your work? I want people to live on purpose. The more people are on purpose, the better this world's going to be because the happier they're going to be, the bigger difference they're going to make. It's the ripple effect. So that's why I started out saying I'm a purpose thought leader. It's so important. I mean, that's the, how we get to that joy and fulfillment and help move out of fear and being paralyzed. So, um, yeah, I really know that I'm making a big difference and that everybody I impact they're impacting others too and so on and so on and so on so the more people i can get to with this the better i'm curious with, with what's happening when we're in the midst of our uh, social distancing yeah right and what are you seeing changing for your business and what are you what are you sensing you said you're an intuitive so what are you what are you sensing about what's happening in our Maybe I'll start with our local community. Well, so I have kind of two answers to that yeah. question. Um, I'm taking this work into companies because then I can impact even more people. If I can get to leaders mm -hmm. and then help their teams, you know, because I can help the leader assign projects more effectively, positions more effectively, and the more people who are doing the work and are in the positions that are, are in alignment with their purpose and gifts, the happier, the more productive they're going to be, the more engaged, and therefore it's gonna help with retention. So there's a lot of corporate benefits to this. Now, is now the time for me to start asking for introductions into companies? No. So this has certainly put a delay on that. Um, I think as far as the long-term impact of COVID, there is going to be, and already are, a lot of people reevaluating everything and getting knocked to their knees. My business has taken a huge hit as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my funnel 
had been through speaking engagements, no speaking engagements, and uh, many canceled and some going to Zoom, but what really brought the people in was the little mini readings because it demonstrated the accuracy and I can't do that on Zoom. My entire work is on Zoom, so I have clients all over the world because I use hand prints, but back to the subject. Um, I think people are really going to be reevaluating and saying, hey man, life is short. I made it through this COVID thing. Everything looks different. What am I meant to do? What is my purpose? How can I, I'm tired of being bored. You know, I could deal with it before. Now I'm done. I'm ready to take action. So hopefully I'll be able to help more people with that. I'd like to spend some time there because I, I've had a number of conversations, not just with the show, uh, just with, you know, with the people that were in my life. And I've had a lot of conversations that have been really positive through all of this. And I feel a good deal of positivity, actually. Wonderful. And, and you know, I, as much as I, I know I've been up and down just in this conversation in and of itself, I, it just feel as if we're sitting at such an opportunity in life, right? And, and more so than ever, right? Yep. There's been a lot of conversation around fear. And we all know, really, when you get down to fear, it's something that you've already you've created in your head, which doesn't necessarily exist. It, 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 it's a thought. It's a thought. It may not be an actual thing. Yes, things can actually happen, right? But by and large, a lot more of it is a, is a mental game than anything. Mm-hmm. So fear is, is, seems to be abundant in a lot of ways, and, and rightfully so. I mean, people are losing their jobs, and they're concerned about their cash flow, and how do they keep up from that angle? Um, and, of course, the, the, you know, the health conditions, um, yeah. keeping us in our, um, a little more secluded these days. What I do see, though, is the world has slowed down. And we are not running from thing to thing to thing to thing to person to person to person to thing. And I'm seeing in my world a lot more human connection. Um, and not just connecting with each other, but connecting within ourselves with that heart centered connection. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and for the audience, um, this is one of my schools. <laughs> Um, I think it was a school of love, but it really comes down to connection um, when it boils down. And I see a great deal of beauty around that. Um, people are finding new ways to connect as well. Yes, I've been in Zoom. has um, assisted with that. I actually see this as a referral soil. Well, we're going to come through this. The world is going to look vastly different. You're not oh, yeah. going back. There's no way. You're not going back. And in time, we'll find new patterns of good and, and not so good and not so serving. I mean, that's just human nature. I'm just curious what your observations have been in the public around you, in the space around you, what, you, what you're seeing or feeling. Um, I think both of those things, Jocelyn, um, and I think what you just said underscores my comment about people reevaluating everything. Um, there, this has been, it's unprecedented because it's not just 
like a recession, like after 9-11 or anything like that. This is personal safety too. So it's the double whammy and is really throwing a lot of people off kilter. I mean, a, a perfect example is, um, well, you had asked me before we started recording, you know, how am I pivoting? I'm just trying to help as much as I can. And you might have seen the email I sent out to my community. I don't know if you're getting my emails or not, but um, I offered 20 minute sessions on whatever I could do, however I could support. And in less than 12 hours, I had 20 appointments. Mm -hmm. So people are scared and um, those appointments just started last Friday. I have five more today. So I had Friday, five on Friday, and they were all different things, completely different reasons. People that just wanted support, um, wanted to reconnect um, because at least those that signed up last week, um, I'm looking at my list today. There's one I do not know, um, but I do know four of them. So any way I can help. So if somebody's feeling kind of lost and a little scared times now, just give, just do what you can. I'm sending out a free document this week to help people. If they read it and do it, they can identify their life school. You've mentioned school a couple of times. Well, that for listeners is one of the big elements of a hand analysis and a big aspect of who you are kind of your operating system, you know, the overall, the overarching energy of your life and knowing what that is and what the master path is to work toward and what the student path looks like where it trips you up is very empowering as long as you use the information. So I'm sending that out this week. Um, you know, I'm helping people with law of attraction rituals, any way that I can help. So that's what I'd like to offer your listeners is just help you know, reach out as best as you can, but they are looking for connection that way. And a lot of people are doing new volunteer work they've never done before. They're making face masks at home and sending them out. I mean, it's lovely to see, um, really is. You know, I see it a lot on Facebook, how, what people are doing and how they're giving. Um, so I'm seeing that and I'm seeing the fear. Yeah. I, I'm seeing a lot more of the, the, the former. Um, perhaps I'm also intentionally tuning into the upside. I, I don't mean to dis dismiss the fear factor that is going on. I'm, I'm just choosing, I'm choosing the, the sunnier side of it right now. And that's partly for my own well-being. I'll be very oh, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, I, I sat here and in the first few weeks of, you know, the transition, I really sat here and said, where's my impact? Because that's the other part of, that's the other side of, at least for me, my other school is impact. And I've, most of my career, so my own analysis between the school of love and the school of impact or something in that arena, yeah, it was totally spot on. It was totally spot on. My work has always been, in something that's impacted many, many lives. I spent you know, a decade in organ and tissue donation where 10,000 men and women are now seeing as a result of that. Um, I work in a different industry now, my day job where I'm hearing. So 
again, making an impact. And those are fulfilling, yet I also know for myself, there's something more. And when we were asked to start to work from home and the social distancing became the new norm, I sat back and said, what, where is my impact? I, I, for me, I needed to be in action. And, and that's for everybody to each their own. I think action really does compel something within each one of us. And you're seeing this. This is what I'm seeing a lot of is people are coming together in ways they never thought they ever foresaw for themselves. And for me, the impact was to come back here so that people could share their stories. And we're so glad you did. And you're so right. I mean, action is critical. It, it shakes things up. It helps move the energy. Um, and people get stuck. It's like, is this the best action? Just do something. Yeah. Just take action because it helps you move forward and get out of the analysis paralysis and get out of the fear. And it's fabulous that you're looking at the positive side. I'm a coach, so I get both sides, but I also know how to protect myself, you know, and, and I have rituals and prayers and um, cleansing things and just know where to kind of compartmentalize that, um, sort of like a therapist or a counselor. Um, but yeah, so you're, you're being a great role model today, Jocelyn, with these comments. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I, and, and as much as I, I choose this to be the platform in which people to share, it's also me sharing too. Um, yeah. And I'm hopeful. And really the whole goal of that is who, who's listening and what are they getting from this? What perspective are they getting to see? themselves because that is a, that's what coaching at the end of the day I think is really what it's all about you know I'm I'm perfectly imperfect I am absolutely perfectly imperfect I am still working through it I want to actually though circle back to because you've, you've now said it a few times and I think it's really important to, to note is you have all these tools and resources I think it's really important to note that whoever chooses to work with you or is attracted to work with you the work is theirs to do yes it is that's exactly right i'm a guide i'm a mentor i help put them on the right path but they're the ones that have to take the action yep why do we have, why do we have to go through this <laughs> i know it's hard it's hard and that's one of the frustrating things about being a coach you know you can put it out there and know that from experience, what your the guidance will work, um, but you know, being a horse owner, I can easily say this: you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Um, I do try to be as inspiring as I can and as motivating as I can, but you're right; it's theirs to do. You're just so wise with these comments, Jocelyn. <laughs> Thanks. It's, no, it, it really is. It's. It, I, I, again, I say that because I'm in the midst of it myself, um, you know, and, I, and I, I don't think that I'm alone. Oh, no. In no means do I think that I'm alone or is that uh, there are others out there who are feeling saying, well, what's, you know, questioning its validity of whatever path that they've chosen for themselves. The reality is that the work is yours and yours alone to do and no one can walk that with you. Um, and you're being a role model even by 
getting coaching and you've done it before um, because the most successful people in the world, whether they're entertainers or professional athletes or CEOs, they will always have a coach um, because they understand the value of it. I will always have a coach because um, it's life changing as long as you do the work. So any final thoughts as we wrap up today's conversation, things that you'd like to share with the audience, your wise words? Yeah, I think that I've, because of your insightful questions, um, I would just repeat how critical it is to figure out what your purpose is, however you want to do that, and get in alignment with it. Because when you're not, it feels like all those yucky things I mentioned. Stuck, bored, you know, and, and then we beat ourselves up. Well, why are not, you know, uh, people feel like they're trapped on the, in a golden parachute, you know, with the golden handcuffs. Um, and they're on the hamster wheel. They're not willing to make a change. And at the end of their lives, I'm telling you, they're going to regret it. No, I've known so many people that, have, and you don't necessarily have to, but some people have really made a notch down in their lifestyle to get on purpose. They're so happy. They don't care. That's what it's hard to understand when you're in the middle of it. When you're on purpose, it feels so good. Doesn't matter the other stuff. I mean, yeah, you got to pay your bills, but, and then some people are on purpose and are doing better than they've ever done. So I, I think, yeah, and I think that there's a combination there. I'm glad you, you brought that up. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that I spent a good deal of time, 10 years of my career in, in organ and tissue donation. So literally, I am talking, during that time, I was interacting with families who just lost a loved one. Mm. And in that moment, in those time frames, when life becomes so much more real, so much more tangible, you know, I was in a lot of conversations with families who talked about their loved one and how generous they were and how wonderful they were, but they never felt like they fully, fully lived. And all of a sudden, and then you, and you're talking to these families who are still alive, the members that are still here and saying, there's that, there's that moment of, and like you said, with your parents both passing in a very short period of time, it, it, it sparks something mm -hmm. to really live presently i think that might be maybe that's the summary point that's what i'm seeing in this space right now that we can choose to live presently now more than ever and it's it's sort of scary to think about because we as a society have really um commended busy yeah now, a lot of yeah. us unbusy and it's going to be really different. I mean, I just, I think, yes, to live more presently and to make the difference that you're meant to make yep. because that's what lights you up beyond nothing else. Yep. Yeah. When you, when you follow your joy, when you follow your bliss, that's when the opportunities arise and the doors start to open. Yeah. And I agree with you. You talk about people who have taken, who have determined to have less in their life and have found happiness. And yet I, 
guarantee, and I've seen it myself on news probably you've seen it with your clients who follow it, and all of a sudden those opportunities become more than just, you know, they, they can bring additional wealth and additional things, but things don't really make us happy. What makes us happy is living right here. And if the other stuff comes as a, as a result of that, that's just, that's bonus. Icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, it comes from inside. We look outside to try to get happy and it's never going to work and it's never going to hold. Yeah. It's got to come from the inside so that the external stuff doesn't take us down so much. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, philosophical. I know. Well, that's where I, that's where I go. Uh, and I, I, and I to put this very boldly out there. I, guys, I'm in the midst of this right now. I know what it's like to be in the bliss. I've been there. Um, I got away from it. I got distracted for my own purpose. And I'm working my way back. So I, I know what that pure joy feels like. I, I promise you, from my own, that's what I've experienced. I fell off of that path and I'm currently operating a little bit on student paths with visits to my master. And when I'm in the master, it feels great. And when I'm in the student, and you'll feel it, right? You feel it inside. So follow it because it's well worth it. Yes, there might be some, well, for me, tears. It's always tears. <laughs> it translates for me. But to each, to however, you, you feel that, that peace starts to like creep up over you and sh overshadow you. And gosh, we just deserve to shine our brilliant, bright, beautiful light into this world. That's what we're meant to do. And when we start to do that, things attract, a.k.a. law of attraction. So, okay, I think I took over that. <laughs> it was beautifully said, you know, yeah. yes, law of attraction, because the more, the closer you get to it, the, the faster it comes. Mm -hmm. And when we get on track and in our joy and bliss in one area of our life, it helps us bring, it, it just attracts more joy and bliss from different aspects. People think they can keep things compartmentalized. No, it can't be one thing in one world and, and another thing in another. We're all 360. Yeah. 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 Well said, Jocelyn. I don't have anything to add to that. Jane, I so appreciate your time today. And um, I will leave in the notes how people can find you and learn more about, about how they can work with you. That sounds great. It's been my total pleasure, Jocelyn. Thank you so much for having me.